Well, it's been a, a great pleasure and an honor for us to start reading our books. The first book is called The Booth, and it's all about having a quiet time in the presence of God every day. So many people I am meeting are in a state of stress, anxiety, even depression. This book in just everyday language will show you exactly how the Lord wants us to live. So I pray that this will bless you. We're doing it for no other reason, just so that you will get closer to Jesus Christ as your friend. Chapter six, faithfulness. There is one thing that is important to understand, and it is this. If we intend to have close fellowship with our Lord, we need to be consistent in our quiet times with Him. We need to be faithful, not compromising our precious time with Jesus and using it for doing other things or thinking about them as good as they might be. The Lord requires our total and undivided attention. I have learned something very important during my journey with God, and that is He is a jealous God, and He will not share His time with you, with anyone or anything else. Jesus really covets His time with us. Indeed, He requires our full attention when we have fellowship with Him. Faithful friends. One of the most faithful animals on earth has to be our canine companion, the dog. It is for good reason that he is referred to as man's best friend. No matter how people treat their dog, he remains so faithful. I really have to control myself when I see a man kicking his faithful little dog all because he had had a hard day at the office and it didn't go well for him. These special creatures are so forgiving. The dog may suffer abuse, but he just wags his tail as if to say, I don't know what that was for, but I love you anyway. We have a very special children's home on the farm where 27 children live, ranging in age from two years to 23 years old. Each one is so special to us. The children live in cottages, six per cottage, with a resident house mother in each. We also have a chaplain and administrator and a visiting medic. Jill is the mother of the home, and I am dad whenever I am there. But the real characters are two little dogs, crossbreds, that ended up at the home by default. One is called Rubus, and the other is called Rusty. These two little dogs love our children with such passion and commitment that it brings tears to one's eyes. The children almost seem to take them for granted, and yet the dogs are so protective, especially when there are visitors. On one occasion, Jill returned to the home quite late after spending the day in town organizing clothes for the new school year. They had left early in the morning in our big bus to go to the neighboring town. Everyone from the youngest to the oldest, including the house mothers, went along. No one was left behind. As Jill drove back later that afternoon, there were the two faithful little dogs lying at the entrance. They never moved from their station all day. 
not even leaving for a drink of water or something to eat. Rubus and Rusty waited faithfully all day until the bus came home with their loved ones. The two dogs were overwhelmed, so joyful to see the children and grateful that their friends had returned safely. Rubus is quite a character and causes lots of trouble on Sunday mornings during the church service. The chapel is about a kilometer and a half from the home, and the children walk there together. Rubus will not stay at home and insists on following the gang to church. This causes a lot of distractions during the actual service as the little dog runs underneath the chairs up and down the rows looking for the children. Needless to say, Rubus always finds them. One Sunday morning, he was causing quite a disturbance and our pastor decided enough was enough. He tackled Rubus in the middle of the service and got quite badly bitten for his troubles. Since then, it is the duty of one of the older children to lock up Rubus at home before going to church. But somehow that dog seems to find his way out and he lands up in the middle of the congregation again. He lies under the children's chairs, making them thoroughly embarrassed. But it doesn't seem to worry Rubus in the slightest. He is content as long as he is with his beloved children. And it doesn't seem to bother the pastor anymore. <laughs> he and Rubus have made peace and he doesn't try to remove the dog anymore. On a serious note, that is the kind of love and dedication I believe the master is looking for from you and me. He wants a steadfast, immovable, and reliable love with no fear of man, desiring only to be in close fellowship with him. There are no strings attached and nothing is requested in return because we love to be in his presence and that is a reward in itself. Sometimes it takes two little dogs living at a small country children's home to teach us valuable lessons about life. Rubus and Rusty get no special attention, but have adopted those little children as their own. They do not expect anything in return, save just being allowed to be in their company. That is what we call genuine, unconditional love. In our early morning quiet times, that is what Jesus wants from you and me, to meet him because he's been waiting for us. A dog's tail. Talking about the issue of waiting, did you ever read or hear about the true story of the dog that waited for his master for many years? Several movies have been made about the dog, but the original events took place in Japan. The dog's name was Hachiko, Hachi meaning eight, a number referring to the dog's birth order in the litter, and Ko meaning prince or duke. Hachiko, a purebred Akita, is remembered for his remarkable loyalty even many years after his death in 1935. Every day, Hachiko would wait at the Shibuya train station for his owner, Professor Yuno, to return from Tokyo University 
and they would walk home together. One day, Yuno passed away unexpectedly at work, but that did not stop Hatchko. He returned to the train station every day, appearing at the time the train was due at the station. He waited patiently for his master for nine years, earning the title of Choken Hatchko, Faithful Dog Hatchko. Several articles were published about him, and he became a national sensation, with commuters bringing him treats to help him in his wait. A bronze statue of him was erected at the Shubia station, known as the Hatchko Entrance Exit, and bronze paw prints marked the exact location where he waited for his master for all those years. Isn't that amazing how the world respects faithfulness, even in a humble dog? When you hear of couples celebrating 50 years together, it becomes an enormous talking point, and sometimes you'll find an article about them in the newspaper. I believe it's because faithfulness is such a rare quality these days, where everyone is rushing around. People are always in a hurry, and they never seem to have the time to sit down and have a chat with one another. Well, Jesus is never in a rush. He remains waiting patiently to speak to you and me every day. Do you know of another person busier than the creator of this entire universe? Yet he makes time for you and me because he genuinely loves us so much. Remember, he does not need us, but he badly wants to know us. That is the reason he created us, for fellowship and nothing else. I firmly believe that our master gets lonely and just wants us to have fellowship with him. We need to become much more faithful towards God and show up regularly each morning in our little booth. He will be there without fail, waiting for us never late. What a mighty, intimate Father we serve. Chapter 7, The Mental Booth When one travels a lot, it is very hard to have a consistent quiet time. Our Lord Jesus has shown me a special way to still come away from the crowds and to have a special, intimate time with Him. At this point, I need to make it very clear that I am in no way speaking about positive thoughts. I am purely making a place in my heart where I can have undivided fellowship with Jesus. Let me draw you a picture. Imagine you are sitting in an international airport on the other side of the world. You are dead tired, what with jet lag and the proverbial hurry up and wait syndrome. Your connecting flight has been delayed for three hours and you are miles from home. Another preaching campaign lies ahead, which will last for another few days. Only then will you be homeward bound. You are homesick and your emotional tank is on reserve. At the last church where you preached, you gave it all and to top it off, you are feeling very lonely. This is what God has given to me and I sincerely hope it will help you too. 
I like to check in as early as possible at the airport and then go straight through to the departure lounge. I find out when my plane is due to leave, find the departure gate number, and then walk through and find a comfortable seat right opposite the boarding gate. I put my boarding pass in my pocket. I check my watch and see how much time I have before we are called to board. I close my eyes, turning out the noise of the international airport, different flight numbers being called, people boarding, aeroplanes coming in to land and taking off. The place in my mind. There is a place in my mind where I go. Yes, a mental booth, which I'd like to describe to you. It's a place in the Luapula province up in the northern part of Zambia. It's very close to the Congo, where David Livingston was laid to rest. There is a long path right in the middle of the tropical rainforest, and it is very quiet. There is only the sound of wild birds chattering away to each other. These beautiful, tall, indigenous trees almost join at the top like a green cathedral. If you walk along this path for a few hundred meters, you'll find an old log lying by the side of the path. In my imagination, I stop there and take a seat. Just in front of me is a beautiful wetland winding its way down the valley. A gentle breeze rises up, just what a person needs to combat the intense heat. In this place, in my mind, I quietly have a heart-to-heart -heart talk with the lover of my soul. It's not a shopping list that I speak about like my elderly friends give me. No, it is anything but. It's a discussion that one would have with an intimate friend telling them about how you are feeling. I tell Jesus that I'm tired and missing my wife, that I'm concerned about how the children are doing, about not knowing what to speak about at the next campaign. I tell him I'm hoping not to let my hosts down because they spend so much on my airfare and on organizing the event. My thoughts return home and I tell the Lord that I'm feeling a bit uneasy about Jill on the farm at night all by herself with the children, with no security guard. I pray that the cattle and the sheep will be safe. Slow down, Angus. It's normally at about this point in my talk with Jesus that I feel him say, Whoa, Angus, just calm down and listen for a moment. I can hear that you are very tired. First of all, Jill is fine. Remember... I promised you both that I would never leave you nor forsake you. And besides, Bengu, your big strong foreman, told you clearly that you must go and preach my word. He promised to look after your wife and children and to care for the livestock on the farm. With regard to your message at the next appointment, what are you concerned about? Don't I normally give you the words of life to speak anyway? Don't worry about anything. I have everything under complete control in the very palm of my hand. Then there is a calm starts to descend upon me like a gentle, misty, cool rain. 
It puts my troubled soul immediately at peace. It refreshes me in a way that I cannot explain. I thank my blessed Lord for His infinite goodness towards me and my loved ones. And then I hear the announcement that my flight is about to board. I'm back in the present, and it's time for the passengers to present their boarding passes to the attendant at the gate. I stand up, have a good long stretch, as if I've had a long restful sleep, and totally refreshed, board the plane for my next destination. You see, Father God says in His Holy Word, Call to me and I will answer you and show you great and mighty things which you do not know. Jeremiah chapter 33 and verse 3. And that is exactly what happens every time I go into my mental postinia, my mental booth. Jesus speaks to me. He reassures me and directs me. And most of all, He reminds me just how much He loves me. Thank you for listening to this episode of The Booth. 